Welcome to another episode of our Think Differently and Deeply podcast series. My name is Glenn Whitman, and I direct the Center for Transformative Teaching and Learning at St. Andrew's Episcopal School. This series features authors from the upcoming volume of the CTTL's internationally recognized publication, Think Differently and Deeply, which has been distributed to over 10,000 teachers, school leaders, and policymakers worldwide, and that focuses on translating mind, brain, education, and research into the classroom. Today, I am excited to be talking with two of my colleagues, Phyllis Robinson, who's a veteran of St. Andrews for 33 years and has taught both the ninth grade bio class and the AP bio class taken by our seniors, and the current head of the science department, Kim O'Shaughnessy, who's been here 13 years. Uh, Welcome, Phyllis and Kim. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. So uh, I guess my uh, enthusiastic and obvious first question is you guys decided to create an alternative final exam for what could be construed as a very traditional ninth grade uh, biology class. And I'm curious, what inspired you to do that? Can I, can I start? Anybody. So um, one of the things is we got thinking about how our students prepped and we were going to give them prep time to end their year. Um, we started thinking that um, what if we offered them a choice? What if we gave them a choice? Did, what, what risks did we run? And, you know, what was the upside for our students? And the more we talked about it, the more, you know, kind of eager to try it um, we became. A lot of uh, our colleagues are doing um, alternative assessments. I've been doing an alternative assessment in seventh grade for a while. And it's just, it's a very different experience for us as faculty, but it's a very different experience for the kids. And we just sort of, we rolled it around enough that we decided we wanted to give it a shot. We began to think outside the box a little bit. Uh, For years, we really thought biology does not lend itself to doing an alternative the way some other subjects do. Um, But we then, we sort of took the plunge and said, you know, rather than showing mastery in all areas of the trimester, what if we allow our students to really do a deep dive into one specific area and show mastery of one area, kind of with the thought that, are they gonna take away every single fill in the blank answer that they remember doing on a test? Or are they gonna remember that they um, uh, compared the old world and new world monkeys and they had to research the characteristics that made them different and then they had to figure out how to make a video of that that would convey the information and that's gonna stick with them better than some fill in the blank that they may or may not remember. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off a word you said, Phyllis, um, and you used the word plunge. So I'm curious as veteran teachers who are, are excellent at their craft and probably could have been very successful continuing teaching and assessing in the same way, why did you take the plunge? So I'm going a little off script here, but why did you take this plunge? And I love it that you integrated it into your title. It was, I have to say, it, it, was, it was scary, and it took, it took a lot of thought. But uh, I, I am deeply committed to the research that we've been using to help inform all of our practices. And this was one place we hadn't yet really used research, other than how to make a good written exam. But we hadn't, hadn't used research to uh, say, what else could our students do to demonstrate mastery of the course? And, and you know, uh, that's a great segue into the next question. So, you know, you guys have, have, have been uh, two of the leaders in really looking at mind brain education science research um, over the years that the school's been uh, working in this space. But what research specifically did you see connects to just thinking about alternative exams, knowing the huge demands of memory in the bio course? Yeah, um, really, I think a big motivator is choice. And the research tells us that. And, you know, if you have to do a task, it's always just nice to say, do you want to do it like this or do you want to do it like that? Where I get to choose. I have to still complete an assessment 
but I get to decide how to do that. It puts the eggs in my basket. And I think that we wanted the students to feel that motivation. We wanted to give them choice. Great. Well, uh, any reaction or to the students of having a choice final? Or had you already given them choices enough throughout the year that they sort of were expecting it? Go ahead. We both want to talk about that. So go, go, go. <laughs> they were surprised. Okay. They, they were quite surprised because the, fi- the biology final has a bit of a reputation. Sure does. Of being hard. <laughs> biology has some difficulty to the subject. I'll admit that. Um, but uh, they were surprised um, and many gleefully took off to figure out what they could do. Uh, and a few then dropped back and said, nope, this is not for me. I want to do the traditional paper and pencil test. Right. Yeah. And I would say um, some of the kids were a little daunted by it. You know, what do you mean? We've been working all year to master the skill of taking these tests. Of course, we, we want to take the test. And they were they were a little trepid about get, jumping into this water. They just because it was brand new. Um, but I give other groups just immediately were like, yeah, we're doing that. Um, so it was really, really interesting watching them choose. And then really interesting because sometimes they'd come to us and they say, what do you think we should do? And we'd be like, that's a really tough choice. You got to decide that's decision number one. But it was fun watching them go through that process where they had to make a difficult decision and then kind of live with it. Although we certainly backed out a couple, you know, a couple people changed over the course, which was also good choices. So for clarity purposes, for the, for those listening, what were the choices that the students had? The choices th- that the students had were to take the traditional paper and pencil test. So that's it's about, about two hour, about an hour and a half, two hour yeah. test. So it's a variety of, of multiple choice and fill in the blank and write some short essays and, and uh, do some graphing and other science skills, um, demonstrating knowledge of chunks of the year, not the entire year, but uh, to emphasize evolution and plants in the animal kingdom and, you know, biology. All the biggies. Absolutely. Got it. Um, and then the, the, the video was sort of modeled after a Bill Nye the Science Guy four-minute video or, you know, using a, a Mythbusters little vignette. Just, and, we, and we asked them to keep it short. They said, you cannot go for 10 minutes. In fact, four minutes is, is max. On the rubric, there was a, a window that maxed out at four minutes, and that was very challenging for some of them to, to try to be articulate and concise and, and get it in there. But So a related question to that is you, you certainly had a lot of options to choose of what medium you wanted. I mean, you could have done the, you know, the old traditional science fair trifold poster. You, you, you went for video. Why video? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we did find a couple of sort of model projects um, online when we started looking. I had been doing a MythBuster video with my seventh graders, um, which had given for years now. I've actually had them pull that off. Um, we didn't want to just up the ante with the MythBusters. We wanted to go in a, a different direction, but um, there's probably not a ninth grader out there that doesn't know what the Bill Nye video sure, looks like. Sure. And they're still pretty motivated by the idea of telling this funny story while being clever and witty. And um, it brought out a lot of that. It brought out a lot of the funny side in students, which was just wonderful to see them do that. We could have gone in a lot of directions. Um, you know, I suppose we could continue to add choice, but the, the video idea gave us some really nice pieces that we could ask for that were going to be easy to see. Great. Yeah. I don't know if you guys thought about what percentage you were hoping did the traditional versus the the alternative. I think you shared with me, you know, what, what percentage of students went for the alternative option? About 60%. Right. And was that at all surprising to you or sort of where you thought it would land or? I honestly could not guess. Okay. We, were, we were predicting ahead of time. Right. And I, I, I could have gone either way right around 50, 60% was, was what they came up with. Fantastic. I was almost surprised, though, that, that 40% of them chose paper and pencil. 
you know, watched other people having fun, getting up, leaving the classroom, walking around, and they're just like hunkered down doing what they do. Right. And they stuck with it and they did great, of course. So. Fantastic. You want kids to demonstrate knowledge of biology. Um, how did the, the outcomes, the results, whether it was from the traditional assessment or probably more so the alternative assessment, compare to both your expectations and hopefully that they demonstrated the knowledge you were hoping uh, to measure through these assessments? Yeah, I think that um, it's something that we talked about and it's something that we'll continue to look at this year. Um, for the most part, the kids who, you know, we would have anticipated did really well on the paper and pencil. They did really well on the paper and pencil. They chose that. They right. knew they went in there with. They pretty, knew their strengths. They probably. knew their strengths, right. and that that was something that it, it did ask them to look inside. Um, I think with the overall, you know, results of what we got back, some of the kids really surprised us. There was creativity. They they dove in. They really loved it. They loved the freedom of the doing it differently. They they there were also. A few that were a bit of a flop. And um, would they have had a flop on the paper? Maybe. They were tired. It's the end of the year. Hard to know. Sure. Um, I think as we just look in this year and a couple of things that we're going to do slightly differently to just try to catch some of that right, right. before we flop kind of thing. But um, we also, when we structured it, we structured it so that the earth science kids, who was the year before the biology potentially, those kids actually did a mini version of this. So they've had a training ground last year. And as they walk into the bio test this year, they will have already experienced this one time. So we're hoping that that will help as well. So if I was a gambling man, would, should I bet on more students taking the alternative assessment next year? It's going to be fun to find Cause out. Because you, you see those scaffold in a way that yeah. those some of those students are going to probably want to leverage their prior ex knowledge, experience, and skills in video making. If I had to guess, I'd say we're going to get about the same percent. Okay. All right. So let's consider it a bet, gentlemen, yeah. ladies, gentlemen's <laughs> bet, and, and we'll see and we'll see the results. Uh, fantastic. Talk about how did you measure success? I mean, or how how did students, especially on the video project, know what to include or not to include um, as they were preparing uh, this for this assessment? We had a, a, a rubric that we took some time to develop, um, and the kids actually helped us develop a little bit. It, it included a variety of things. It included uh, the content and vocabulary, uh, and the kids actually told us what vocabulary they thought was important. They checked in with us about that, and we could tweak that list, and then that had to be included correctly in their project. So there was a vocab piece of it, but it was their choice. They had to turn in a written script ahead of time. Um, there, had, there was some evidence of pre-planning that they got graded on. Um, there was, had, they had to create a handout or a worksheet that the viewer could follow along with. Um, and then there was criteria uh, uh, such as the videography, the creativity, um, all those visual aspects that, that are the strengths of so many kids, um, uh, but don't appear well on a paper and pencil test. I, can I add to that too? Because one of the things that we did use is the Google Drive, and they uh, had a Google Drive uh, document that they shared with us throughout the video process, which included their script. So we were able to, we knew what was coming, and sure. that is one of the pieces too. You know, the more that we can see and the more we can intervene on their script ahead of time, the better prepared we are to sort of see what's coming. And that was just a Google Doc that they shared so that we could constantly tap into what their progress was, what their timeline 
we we put into that Google Doc their timeline, the rubric, you know, really they, they had all the resources in one place, which was kind of a neat document for us to follow along with them. And, and while that was going on, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm curious about the kids on the, taking the traditional and, and their preparation, because to be honest, it seems like you guys were having a great time working with the students taking the alternative assessment. We had a great time with all the kids. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, well said, well said. Well, and really what we did, we structured that week. There was a fair amount of time in that week, the way the school has now built it. Um, we worked, uh, we had a, uh, we have a very comprehensive review packet for the paper and pencil test. And so during our review days, kids were working on that or we would review specific sections of that in the class while others were off working on their Google Doc. We could check in with the, with the, the uh, alternative project kids a little more easily using that Google Doc uh, outside of class time so that we, we, could, we could do both. Uh, and they had to just sort of check in with us. But the, the running both in parallel worked surprisingly well. I was really, really happy with that. Right. Clearly, reflection and metacognition were part of the uh, preparation process for students, whether they're taking traditional exam or the um, the alternative exam. I'm just curious to know why were you so intentional about asking kids to think about a which one do they do and their journey in preparing for each one. Well, I think that um, you know, for us, it, it was a large amount of time, and sure. it's always we've always structured it so that they have a large amount of time to do the prep work that's necessary to take this paper and pencil test. And so daily, there's check-ins on content and this and that and the other thing. And we didn't really want to just leave our video kids high and you know until we see the final product, you know, a week and a half later, and hope it was fine. So asking them to check in, really asking them to to have a calendar and to share that with us, and to sort of think through. And and as in particular up front, once they picked their topic, because we gave a fairly, it was a it was a shallow pile of things to choose from. Um, there were a couple of kids that put forth other ideas that they thought were going to be really neat, um, things we probably wouldn't have thought of that they were just so darn curious about. They were dying to do it. And we came up with vocabulary that would work for them. So um, once they had that choice, I think they they there was such a high level of buy-in in that alternative that they didn't want to blow it and have to. I think, I think maybe that was the big bad wolf part <laughs> is we always said, you know, we can remove this choice. If, if things aren't going uh, well, you're back to paper and pencil. Nice, extrinsic and that, motivation. There was, yeah, you know, yeah, it was a little yeah, of that, yeah. just a little, fair enough, fair but enough. It, it kept a lot of, I mean, it, it just kept the process going really in a very nice and fluid way. Yeah. So um, the kids who throughout the school year might, you know, would take an assessments with pen and pencil on uh, the traditional way. Um, some of those obviously took the alternative assessment. Did, did you see a difference in those students? Um, maybe in, in the academic grade or achievement, but just their work as learners. I would say there was there was a there were a variety of responses to, to that. I, I'm just thinking anecdotally of some of the different kids. I had a, a a pair of kids who would have done just fine on the paper and pencil test, and they created one of the most interesting and creative videos. Uh, it was just funny, but full of good facts and information. They had clearly done their research, and I had another pair who I don't know how they would have done on the paper and pencil test. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure they would have been terrifically successful. They made a wise choice in the video, but they didn't quite have the uh, requisite um, reflection skills and planning skills to implement what they wanted to do. And they ended up videoing something at the last minute that uh, earned a grade. We'll just leave it at that. But I did have a, a, a third group, also I'm not sure would have done ter terribly well on their paper and pencil test, um, ended up with another 
video that blew me out of the water. I was completely surprised with not the videography, let's say, but with what they said and what they produced and what they had researched, which was phenomenal. I, I know teachers who are listening to this um, probably would want me to ask two questions. One is, there's always a great challenge when students work together. Who's carrying the load? Somebody doing too much? So, and now you're doing it for a final? Come on. I mean, how do you really know? So what was your observations in this sort of first year of doing this regarding collaboration, which we always find really important pedagogy, but really sometimes challenging pedagogy? Yeah, we actually had them um, choose their partner knowing that they're going to get this final exam grade, there had to be a buy-in from them about who they sure. were working for. And I think they got had to send us two partners and we ultimately kind of mished and mashed and said, you know, it looks like if you each chose each other, for sure you're going to be partners. And we were pretty transparent about what that might look like. And then if they didn't get a match with a partner, um, they had an option to work alone. They had an option to take paper and pencil. As kids were trickling off the paper and pencil list, they could sort of, are you thinking of it? You know, they, they were able to structure their own groups. And I think that that, um, for, for my groups and I, for, I think for the most part for your groups, that really worked. Great. Um, they typically worked with their same age, you know, if they were ninth grader, then 10th grader, they typically worked with someone that you would have anticipated them working with. Make, makes sense. The, the other, the other question I know teachers when it comes to like projects is, and, and I face it too as a history teachers, you know, I, I find projects, even with the best of rubrics are still always tough to uh, objectively assess. I'm curious to know, um, how was that for you? Traditional exams, it's generally, you know, right or wrong narratives can obviously, you know, have some flex. How, how is it for you to be equally objective for both types of assessments? That's a really good question and one we did wrestle with. Um, I think what it came down to was having a good rubric that covered what we wanted to cover and uh, assessed or assigned uh, credit in places uh, it, it, to the degree where it should be. Um, a lot was given to content, um, a fair amount to videography or, or, or projecting your message. How well did you explain what you wanted to say? Um, because communication is a key part of science. Um, so I think our rubric was good, and that's a big part of it. But Kim, I'd love to hear more. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think that um, having that rubric, because they could work with the rubric too. They knew where the points were. They knew exactly how we were going to grade it. It wasn't a mystery. So that took some of the you know, element of surprise at it. They knew this was worth this many points, this was worth. So having that up front, of course, so that they could work to the rubric, I think gave gave the kids who were willing to take the dare, you know, dare to go into this new territory. It gave them something to work sure. at. And then to be consistent, we actually scored them together. We watched, oh. we watched all the videos together and uh, we, we, we assigned our own grades, but we got uh, um, a lot of information from the other person. So that really helped too. So, so I know the answer of this because I've read your article. If I asked you, would you do it again? My, I think the answer is yes, right? Yes. Yeah. So, my, so now let me stretch that question and say, you know, the science department has been one of the leaders of design thinking here. So you have the chance to iterate, right? One of our fun words we use in uh, uh, from uh, from preschool through twelfth grade here. What is it going to look like uh, this this May and June for your students? It's a great question. It's a great question. <laughs> and if you haven't figured it out yet, because it's only January or February, that's fine. Uh, one of the things I was thinking is, is while I liked our, our process, I would tweak it so that the check-ins were a little more 
rigorous and uh, and scheduled. Um, we'll, uh, we got a little loose on some of the deadlines, okay. for example, just because of the way things were breaking. Sure. But I want to, now that we know up front what takes what how how much time, we have a little more clarity about about how to how to do check ins. Um, I'm I love the idea of a video. I do want to play with the idea of is there something else that's equally effective. I don't know what that is yet. I haven't really thought maybe about it. Yeah, maybe, maybe a podcast. Yeah, maybe a podcast. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's quite, I like it. Yeah. The, though you certainly le- lose the, the visual element, sure. which is so powerful in teaching biology and probably demonstrating knowledge in that modality in, bi- in biology. And I think one of the things, too, though, is we'll, we'll take the lead from the kids. You know, they've actually had time to process this because every now and then we say, well, last year we gave an alternative final. So I'm sure they're <laughs> oh, already. Right, right. Oh, they're God. already like, Hmm, I wonder if we could. So, you know, oh, if good. somebody came to us with a great idea because they want to do a podcast, I'm, I I'm bet we, I bet I'm we'd open. let them try. Um, and just to, you know, just to, again, reward that risk taking piece of it too, just to, but without, I mean, there's a rubric, so it's not really that risky, but y- you have to be bold to try something new. So that's true. We want it to be rigorous. We want it to be informative. Um, their 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 peers are doing a paper and pencil test that is not easy, um, so we don't want the video to be easy. And they some of them I think took that option because it sounded easier than the paper <laughs> and pencil test um, and found that it wasn't. It was different. Fair enough. But it wasn't any uh, easier. Yeah. So, so my my last question, um, and, and actually I'm just going to quote from what Kim just said. You know, you have to be bold to try something new. And I know teachers out there who are listening might you know, be really questioning this alternative exam concept. It's not easy. You guys have clearly put in work and you had to live with successes and, and things you want to want to do better. So what advice would you have for other teachers out there thinking about giving um, alternative exams, whether it's a final exam or just cho- more choice in the run or the flow of the school year? You were bold. Um, this is a great model uh, for boldness. Uh, what would you uh, share with other teachers? What allowed us to be bold, I guess, is the question I'm thinking. Part of it is the environment we're in. Our, our, our colleagues are constantly coming up with interesting ideas, and I didn't want to be left behind. I want to have, have cool stuff, too. Um, <laughs> but really, what is best for the kids is kind of where it comes down to. What's going to allow them to demonstrate their knowledge? Um, and I've got to get out of my comfort zone sometimes. That I've learned a lot over the past years, and so stepping out of my comfort zone is, is comfortable now. So I'm used to that a little bit. And I think, too, as um, over time I've really watched um, finals week, you know, these kids, every day they come in, they take a two-hour exam. Every day they come in, they take a two-hour They're studying for all these tests. And I think the the luxury, the idea that they were going to spend the same amount of time, but they were going to be creating, not just memorizing or studying or doing, you know, whatever, that the idea that they were just going to spend their time differently, not really less time, but different time. I think in the sea of exams, it gave them just freedom from that monotony of just, I got to take another exam. I got to take another exam. And I think we just can't be afraid of giving them a choice and, um, inspiring them to really tackle something different. So, uh, I lied. Uh, 
Oh. Um, I, I have to ask one more question. <laughs> um, and and I'm just I'm just thinking. You know, uh, you guys are veteran teachers of of the sciences and certainly biology. And I'm just thinking. You know, you're at a school that prioritizes training its whole faculty in mind brain education science. And how important has that training been to your journey in thinking about getting to something like this, an alternative assessment? I think back to how my first year of teaching a few years ago, and I taught the way I had been taught, as many new teachers do. My, my journey over the last 33 years here has um, taught me so much about how kids learn, what I need to do to help them learn, how I learn, um, that to not, really to, to not explore the possibility of, of an alternative um, it, it just seems limiting somehow. Sure. Um, I'll, let, I'll let Kim jump in here. I'd be glad to. Nice fellas. pass off. I like that. <laughs> um, one of the things I think too is that um, you know we learn all the time. I mean, we are learner. We we all should be learners. And I think that there it's very easy to be afraid of what you don't know and um, jumping into something that you don't know. Something that like. I mean, especially iMovie. I am positive that every student that I teach is way better at iMovie than I am. But just watching them, I learn from them, and I, I'm not afraid that they, they don't they, – I know they know it better than I do. Um, but that doesn't limit me to not trying a technology or a piece of a puzzle. We had a, I had a student who pulled off a green screen. I was like, I, I wouldn't have a clue how to do that. But, you know, that's the thing. If you open that door, they walk through it with these incredible, amazing ideas. I could never have told her to do a green screen. She was working alone. She had this amazing idea. Um, just sometimes a little bit of open-endedness just can inspire really interesting opportunities for our kids. I'm glad you both took the plunge, uh, as you say, into the depths of choice. And um, I look forward to hearing about the journey of this exam. And uh, thank you for what you're doing and providing for our, for our students uh, in ninth grade biology. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you. Right, take care, guys. At St. Andrews, we often end our classes with some form of exit ticket or active retrieval of information that was a focal point of the day's class. We know from MBE research that if students don't start recalling or using their learning, they're bound to forget it. So in that research-informed spirit, here is your exit ticket for this podcast. What alternative quiz, test, or exam might you teachers who listen to this podcast offer to your students? Tweet your answer to at the CTTL, and we look forward to seeing what you come up with. The Think Differently and Deeply podcast is a production of the Center for Transformative Teaching and Learning at St. Andrew's Episcopal School in Potomac, Maryland where the mission is to know and inspire each child in an inclusive community dedicated to exceptional teaching, learning, and service. Each podcast is produced by Kirsten Peterson and mixed by Jordan Yachts. Jordan also composed our theme music, which we lovingly call The Growth Mindset.